Welcome to Category Visionaries, the show dedicated to exploring exciting visions for the future from the founders who are on the front lines building it. In each episode, we'll speak with a visionary founder who's building a new category or reimagining an existing one. We'll learn about the problem they solve, how their technology works, and unpack their vision for the future. I'm your host, Brett Stapper, CEO of Frontlines Media. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Adrian Ferreira, CEO and co-founder of Biomakers, an ag tech company that's raised over $24 million in funding. Adrian, thanks for chatting with me today. Uh, it's my pleasure to be here today. Yeah, so before we begin talking about what you're building, let's start with a quick summary of who you are and a bit more about your background. Well, uh, I'm originally from Spain, bachelor in economic science and master in environmental technologies. And after working in funding for innovation for around nine years, I decided to join my childhood friend, Alberto Acedo. We started the building companies together into the genomic space. So we built the first genetic diagnostic center specialized in DNA sequencing, focusing hereditary diseases in Spain. That was 2010, and three years later, we sold that company and came to California, to San Francisco, to start Biomakers. Nice. Very cool. And I have to ask, since you're from Spain, what's a normal time for you to eat dinner? <laughs> That's a perfect question, because when <laughs> it's completely different. Usually, it's 9.30 p.m. That would be the regular time for dinner. Nice. That's been my experience whenever I've been to Spain. It just It's so confusing. You know, we go out to dinner at like... 10 o'clock and then the clubs or bars, you know, they seem to open around like 1 a.m. So very different lifestyle there. I like it. Yeah, it's, it's different. Also, uh, there is a difference between the north of Spain and the south of Spain, south, middle, south. It's hotter. So the climate is uh, more like always summer. And it's so difficult to make physical activity during the day. So that's the reason because people wait after, let's say, six, seven mm -hmm. to start like the active social life. Mm, got it. So there's a reason for the late dinners then. Yeah, yeah. I, that's a way to, to make a justification. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very cool. And so that we can you know, better understand what makes you tick as a founder, as an entrepreneur, what book would you say has had the greatest impact on you? Well, I read so many books. There is one from Zero to One from Peter Thiel. Mm -hmm. For me, that was brain-changing. So that was a way to really understand how difficult and challenging it is to really start something from the scratch and then scale it. Because the basis of the book uh, starts saying that creating something from nothing is difficult. Mm -hmm. Creating something from something is easier. So from one to the infinite, is easier than from zero to one. So that's the one that has inspired me a lot. Nice. Well, let's pivot there and talk about what you're creating and what you're building. So at Biomakers, what problem are you solving and how does it work? We come from a region in the northwest of Spain where corn and sugar beets are really important, so agriculture in general. And what we saw progressively was a, a degradation of the landscape. From time to time, we were not able to drain the tap water and what we realized is that instead of blaming the current farming practices, we were wondering if there was something that we could be doing in order to help farmers to perform better. And uh, after doing a very quick analysis, we realized that uh, the, the soil biology was completely unconnected to the modern farming. So in essence, what a farmer used to do is going into the field 
reset the whole biology in the field and then establish a new biology. And after harvest, repeat the same process. So resetting the biology and then restoring the biology. And, and when you do this cycle many times, at the end of the day, the resilience of the soil, of the land, reduce a lot. So that's the problem that we're solving. We help farmers to connect to the soil biology to really use all the potential, the biological processes that are happening instead of looking at those as a threat, looking at those as an opportunity to really save money or be more efficient on the applications that they do and at the same time increase the yield by leveraging the, the biological capital that they have in the soil. Got it. And then what type of farmers are you typically targeting here? Well, all kinds of stakeholders in, in agriculture, because actually we work with many farmers, but it's more interesting the work we do with retailers and agronomists. At the end of the day, they are the prescriptors in agriculture. They are prescribing different applications, different solutions. And we were really close to them to help them to utilize this dimension that was uh, hidden for for long. And now having access to this layer of data from a digital perspective that uh, enabled them to understand what are the disease risks, what is the potential to mobilize the different nutrients in the soil, how the plant is going to be stimulated and also everything related to hormone creation and so on, and overall the assessment of the quality of the soil. So having access to this information for them is, is really valuable. And also we work really close uh, with input manufacturers, all the companies that are developing solutions for farmers uh, for different well, challenges that they have. So we work with them to help them to understand what is the impact of their solutions into the soil. We currently calculate that we are impacting globally around 8,000 farmers um, from different latitudes, different crops, mainly corn, soybeans, because those are the major crops. Cereals, wheat is also very important. And then we have so many specialty crops and tropical crops as well. Nice. Very cool. And when it comes to those different stakeholders that you're targeting, how do they tend to perceive technology? Are they very open to experimenting with new technology like this? Or does it take a lot of convincing and persuasion to get them on board? It's curious that many people talk about agriculture as a traditional sector, but the current agriculture is completely different. The average farmer embraces technology. They are hungry to adopt new methodologies, new techniques, new equipment that can help them to do better. And data is one of these dimensions. So we don't see very big resistance when it comes to technology adoption or test. No, the, the real challenge is to make them feel the value, no? because the times that we use in agriculture are longer than in other industries. So we're talking in seasons or harvests. That's how they need to see the value, and it takes a little bit more time to combine them uh, on the impact. And then there is other variables that are going to impact the final outcome of the agriculture activity of the farming. No uh, climate, weather, where now nobody is questioning now the climate change, and people is testing different techniques, and regenerative agriculture is a trending topic that we really like because it's not about labeling or not like segmenting the the farmers but also helping them to 
incorporate different practices that are going to be very respectful and increase the resistance on on their activities. So that's the main barrier, uh, adoption barrier that we found. It's uh, demonstrating the value or perceiving the value because of the time that we need for that. But the technological approach uh, or attitude is really open in agriculture. Interesting. You know, from an outsider, I don't have any experience in the ag tech industry. I think I would just, you know, have that stereotypical farmer in mind of someone who, you know, just likes to farm. They're a purist. You know, they don't like technology. That would be my general view. But it sounds like that's completely wrong. And everyone's very open to new technology. Yeah, well, uh, I would say most of the farmers we talk to are data geeks, actually. But uh, two dimensions of data, the data that comes from their activities or technical data on their performance, but also economical data. They really process a huge amount of data and they use, well, technology to really digest this amount of data because the decisions they make are really, should be very reasonable, no? Uh, Reasonable, sorry. So they need to lower the risk as much as possible and data help them to, to do that. And now, keep in mind also, younger generations of farmers are joining. So most of the farmers under, let's say, 50 are really used to use mobile devices, uh, use computers, robots, some many technologies that, well, might not be so obvious when you are not involved in the agriculture industry. Mm, makes sense. And it seems like over the last couple of years, ag tech funding has really exploded. And I'm guessing there's just a lot of new technologies out there. What have you done to stand out and break through the noise? Yeah, and it's great when you analyze the trends on the fundraising in, in agriculture, in ag tech specifically, because at the beginning, there was a lot of investment to drone technologies. So once the drones were already there, then automatization of processes became a, a trend as well in, in investing. After that, the good thing is that biotech enter into the space. And there is two ways that you can apply the biotech. Well, on one hand, the, for new solutions, the biologicals, the prebiotics and the probiotics for the agriculture, those are new complex solutions that complement perfectly the traditional inputs that farmers were using. And there is another way of using biotech. That is how we use it to digitalize data that are happening in the field. We use the DNA from the microbes to build a microbial fingerprint of that soil or a specific field. And based on that, we estimate, we calculate the genetic potential to develop different functions. And this is very attractive for investors because at the end of the day, you are mixing different technologies that are available and proven, like DNA sequencing, advanced computing, and then you are applying to a specific field, which is agriculture. And this is what most of the investors have been very happy to support. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, I would say there is now a trend on uh, automatization of robots. We see many investment on this field, a revolution there on AI applied to machinery mm-hmm. in the field. And climate tech, it's becoming now very trendy in this field. Mm, got it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Very cool. And I know you mentioned, I believe it was 8,000 farmers there. Um, Is there anything else that you can share in terms of traction and progress that you're seeing as you take this to market? 
Yeah, well, uh, when we started Biomakers in 2015, what we realized is that there were not references to really make comparisons. So when you go to a field and analyze that field from the biological level, uh, you don't have anything to compare. So we started to build this amazing database, and today we have the largest soil profile the database, including the largest soil profiles from different crops from different regions. Just for you to have an estimation on the magnitude of this database, today humans have been able to name around, okay, this is not rounded, but around half million microbes, 300,000, 350,000 bacteria and 150 fungal species. So we have already cataloged uh, 40 million different microbes, taxonomic units, in our database. So we have really good understanding on how a soil looks like for per region and per crop. And this has been one of the, well, obviously, most interesting assets that we have been able to develop. But the most interesting thing of this database is how we use it to deliver value to our clients because they can know what is their level of, for instance, nitrogen or carbon mobilization compared to others in the same country. Mm, interesting. And what would you say excites you most about the work you get to do every day? Well, I love what we do. <laughs> That's the first thing. So waking up in the morning and knowing that you are going to do something that uh, makes sense, uh, it's so exciting. Mm, thinking that uh, I'm in a high-tech company, that is really helping to connect biological systems to the digital system in order to help people in this industry to make better decisions integrating the sustainable variable or uh, let's say the ecological variable of this. This is amazing. I mean, that's really powerful for me, high tech and environment. But beyond that, also the challenge of growing a company. As an entrepreneur, this has been one of the most difficult challenges when it comes to creating a team, scaling the team, and then delegating in the team. No, because that's the reason, because you are creating a team. And then see how the team is taking ownership, how the team is really taking responsibility on this role and helping to grow biomakers. That has been amazing and it's been a great journey. Nice. I feel like it must help a lot that it's, you know, a company that's adding so much value to society. And it sounds like it's such a mission driven company. So I would have to imagine that that definitely gives you a big advantage when it comes to recruiting and building your team. Yes, yes. I still we have our own challenges, but we see that progressively the positioning and the reputation of biomakers is better. Uh, we receive more spontaneous applications, which is great as well. It's a good indicator. And also, last year, we started to measure the impact that we have as a company in different dimensions, including also the impact that we have in our team, our people. We are 80 people right now in the team. And when you see those metrics, then you really feel that um, you are doing something big and, and meaningful. So yeah, yeah, that's that's really interesting to see how people see us in a positive way. Nice, love that. And last question here, if we zoom out into the future, what's the five-year vision for the company? The five-year vision for sure is to keep getting traction with our current analytical service and progressively being able to make a matchmaking between the different solutions that we are analyzing 
and the needs that the farmers have. Imagine we become a AI-based virtual assistant for agronomists, and they don't need to know all the solutions that are available in the market, and we're able to really filter and prioritize those that are going to work better, both from the economical point of view, mainly as a yield indicator, so to, to be sure that at least uh, there's nothing weird no, beyond <laughs> the climate and so on happens. All the variables remain stable. At least this biological dimension is going to be helping to increase the, the yield. And on the other hand, also to be sure that we preserve and boost the natural fertility of the soil. This is essential. This is something we need. And 95% of our food comes dearly or indirectly from the soil. So without healthy soil, without living soil, we are not going to be able to feed us in a good way. So we always say better soil, better food, better lives. So that's how we were working. And I would say in three to five years from now, that's the main goal. Nice. I love it. Well, unfortunately, that's all we're going to have time to cover for today. Before we wrap up, if people want to follow along with your journey as you build, where's the best place for them to go? We have a website, biomakers.com. We have very active presence in social networks, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So I would say it's very easy to reach us. Amazing. Well, thanks again for your time here. Really appreciate it and look forward to seeing you execute on this vision. Thank you very much for this time, Brad, and good luck with the podcast. Thank you very much. Let's keep in touch.